Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from St. Louis, Missouri, Joey Nochilprano. Hello, Andy. Merry post-Christmas. Merry post-Christmas. Hello, fellow Midwesterner. Andy, I know we usually start the show with pleasantries, but can I... Can I tell you something Adam Schefter posted two minutes ago? I couldn't see it. You, you normally, sh- normally, whenever we do this, all of these tweets, like you can almost count on it. I'm wondering if this is because we started like Midwest, on Midwest times or something like that. Schefter doesn't know how to make it so he, he tweets a, a Schefter bomb the second our show ends. We've got him a little spooked from our timing. But Washington has waived QB Dwayne Haskins. Wow. That's crazy. Talk about a fall, a quick fall. I'm I'm not even sure I understand. <laughs> like the, this is due to the COVID thing and his thing with the press last night and that he's just generally a bad quarterback. I think so. I think it is. I think it's a combo of all those. He started yesterday. I know. Has that happened before? Where a team's starting quarterback was was waived within 12 hours of walking off the field? I'm sure it has, but not a guy who's taken in the top 15 who was supposed to be your franchise quarterback. I mean, his fall, it's an all-time fall, wouldn't you say, as far as a guy drafted and then quickly dropped? I mean... Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell was the number one overall pick. I'm not comparing Jamarcus it to Russell that. Jamarcus Russell played for how how many years though? A couple. I mean, he's, he's not good, dude. He's just not good. Dwayne Haskins is like Johnny Manziel. Uh, put one of those beers down and hold my beer. <laughs> you know what Dwayne Haskins is? He's he's a product of. It's not the best quarterback class, but we're really going to try real hard to get our next quarterback. Yeah. Which we have a lot of talk on like quarterback drafts, draftees, and what happens with them for later on in the show. But this is just fascinating to me because Washington controls their own destiny, control their own destiny as far as the playoffs go even as early as of yesterday. They win yeah. yesterday, they're in. They don't have a starting quarterback. They have to win one more game. And it, it's almost crazy in terms of like a press standpoint. Now, like this whole week is, you guys wave Dwayne Haskins. As a Giants fan, this is exciting. Well, it sounds like he must be that big of a cancer, or at least they think he is, to the locker room. Or they're not going to do this. Ohio State. Those Urban Meyer boys. Hey, man, he's about to get a job. Did it turn out that he murdered somebody as well? Is that what we're going to find out after the fact? Urban Meyer. I love how 
it looks like Jacksonville and maybe a couple other teams are interested in him. Urban, Urban I just want to get this out now that you brought him up because I was hate texting my little brother. I was tag teaming him with my brother, Greg, since my little brother went there for dental school. The thought of Urban Meyer going back after, let's put an air quote, health issues. He is such a piece of shit. I'm just going to say it. Urban Meyer is a piece of shit. Do you agree? Or did I lose you? I lost Joe. Urban Meyer. Hey, uh, you're back. Hey, you're back. You froze on me. You froze on me as well. I don't know what, what happened. I don't know who's responsible for that. What, did you do something to make it come back? No. Okay. So I guess this could potentially just be something. Maybe, Hope, maybe it's, hopefully it doesn't happen. Maybe it's two Midwest internet streams. Did Urban Meyer just groom a murderer to kill our internet? <laughs> did you hear my Urban Meyer rant, which I really liked? No, I didn't, but I, it's too I called, bad. Because- I called him a piece of shit. Okay. I'm going to go that far because I just don't like the lying of health issues. It's not, dude, your, whatever health issues you have, they don't suddenly go away and pop back every two years. Oh, yeah. you cause all these problems at Florida? You leave. Oh, a couple years after it's swept under the rug or it's not your problem anymore, you come to Ohio State. You, it's like you hit this, on, this repeat on cycle. I know that there's this, I know there's this rumor of – potentially nfl like do you want urban meyer to coach your nfl team i gotta say i do not no the reports cracked me up the urban meyer defenders i saw well coaching the nfl isn't as grueling as college because you don't have to recruit that's the stupidest reasoning i've ever heard i mean i think i think that the that is true in a sense and maybe like it's not as grueling because recruiting is a lot of the off season and it's a lot of like, it's just this extra work. But I also think that being a good recruiter in college football and in college basketball covers up a lot of strategical flaws, which in the NFL, you better be a football strategist because Urban Meyer ain't going to get the best team. He's not going to suddenly be the head coach of, you know, the chiefs. Yeah. So, and you don't get to just go and lie to some parents about how they're, you're going to take care of their son. Um, and then, and then get the best kids. Like, that's just not how it works. So, and to be honest, like is, is urban Meyer some tactical magician? Like, I think he's a really good coach. I do. You know, I think obviously you saw what he did with everywhere he went from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida to Ohio State. I think he is a good coach and obviously he's a great recruiter, but yeah, I I personally, I wouldn't, the success of college to pro, I don't think it has the best rate. Now, Kingsbury's doing all right. Obviously, Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll was also an NFL head coach before. Saban. Yeah. By the way, I saw something about Carroll. Here's a, here's a fun fact I saw. Somebody tweeted. Since Carroll took over the Seahawks in 2012, they've averaged 10 and a half wins a season. That's Solid. I and, mean, and two Super Bowl appearances and a win. He's right there for me as far as the best coaches. And sometimes it's ugly, and sometimes it's not fun to watch. Yesterday, dear God. Dear God. The Seahawks are just – they're tough for me to watch right now. Especially offensively. Yeah. Now they pulled yeah. it through in the end, and obviously that final drive was huge. And but but they're, now their defense is playing well. 
you know, they certainly put it together in the last, you know, three or four weeks. Yeah. And after being abysmal and that's what like, I'll be totally honest with you. And this isn't, this isn't the Russ overrated thing. This is just the, the simple fact of the matter. Uh, if you look at Pete Carroll's career everywhere, I just think that they're, they have a better shot of winning the Super Bowl or going to the Super Bowl by playing ugly and playing defense than they do letting Russ cook. You know, there could be truth to that. I, and, and Russ, you know, I'll just say it. He really needs to step it up. He hasn't been playing great. We all know this. Um, but, yeah, like yesterday's interesting game, right? He doesn't turn the ball over. He leads him on the final drive to a touchdown. He throws some nice passes. And there is truth to what you're saying. And they went ugly. Yeah. But when he had to do it right, he did it. Right. But my, my point is it's, it's not even a matter of winning ugly as much as it is like the way that they're built. They're not built to have a shootout with the Chiefs, to have a shootout with the Packers. Like, let's say they get a Saints team or a Bucks team, you know, early on in the playoffs. I think two teams that a lot of people would say they would be underdogs to. You like that better be, uh, you know, the, the over under in that game better be 42, 44 points. If the if you're talking about this is a 50 point total or 55 point total. I don't think you guys win, and I don't think you even have a chance. Well, look, I, I think it's crazy because they have the talent. At this point, there, there, there's, no, there's no excuses as far as the skill players around Russ. He has it. So I, I don't know what it is. Like yesterday, you know, and I, by the way, I don't want to take anything away from the Rams either. I was texting you. The, the Rams' defense – is a Super Bowl winning defense. A hundred percent agree. It's that good. And I, I mean, don't want to give up to give up twenty points when you're turn like when you have t- the, that terrible golf turnover when you're not moving the ball when you're whatever like that's giving up twenty points isn't a lot of points to give up. No, their defense played great. And it's it's and, great. and again, you know, I know it's like it's in essence this show comes down to a lot of times when we talk football, it like comes down to like the quarterback show. But that it's just straight up what it, it is. But in it the does. NFL. It does. Yeah. The the difference in that game yesterday is neither QB played that great, and they were tough to watch to be honest for three quarters. The difference in that game is Russ didn't make a bad turnover. And and he got lucky. And Russ got a had a, a big rushing touchdown. Had a, a lot a couple of big you know scrambles for first downs. And you've got you've got Goff who like like his controller is broken or something like that. He won't run past the line of scrimmage. He's running out of bounds. Like he's sliding know, too early. I don't know what his deal is. If he was, I mean, I know now they're saying that he might have a broken thumb. He does. They're saying right. he's not going to play. Right, but like. Did, was he hurt prior to that? And that's why he's like babying himself because the thing about Jared Goff is you, all you have to do is essentially be an average QB. And when he's incapable of doing that, they, they can't win games even when they have, like you said, a Super Bowl quality defense. And the pieces around him, in my opinion, are really good too. Yeah. I, think, I think you have a great wide receiver core. 
obviously they have young running backs and Cam Akers was out, but he is seeming to develop this year. I, I, I just think, I don't know. At, at this point, I know people are probably sick of hearing it, but Jared Goff is not good. He's just not good. And you're right. I, I went back out of curiosity, and I think we were all fooled, including myself, that Super Bowl run, we were fooled because they made it to the Super Bowl. Guys, Jared Goff was terrible that postseason. Prano, in those three games, guess how many touchdown passes Jared Goff threw the year they made it to the Super Bowl? Four. One. One. Jared yeah. Goff threw one touchdown pass in three games. So the notion that Jared, Jared Goff did not lead them to the Super Bowl. No, and no one, I, but I mean, did anybody ever think that? I think he gets the benefit of the doubt because they went to the Super Bowl. Well, again, first of all, and this is, you know, when, when we talk quarterbacks, this is what it comes down to. First things first. I, I, this is how, this is like, if I'm a GM, this is how I've always done it. I've judged quarterbacks. Can this guy get me to a Super Bowl? Jared Goff has proven that he can. So in sure. the right system, Jared Goff can get you to a Super Bowl. Can this guy win you a Super Bowl? But then it's also the almost more important than both of those is like, if the game is in his hands, can he win us the Super Bowl? And I think that's the difference between, you know, the, the great quarterbacks and just quarterbacks who are fine. And you, you look at this Rams team, they got to the Super Bowl, they scored three points, they lost. Getting back to the Super Bowl is not easy. Like, that could be Jared Goff's Super Bowl. That could be Jimmy Garoppolo's Super Bowl. You had it. You had a chance. You didn't get blown out. You didn't get just, you know, outmanned across the board. And the games were in your hands, and you lost. And that's on those guys. Yeah. Look, the numbers don't lie. And we're going to bring up the Pro Football Talk tweet right now because it's so important to me and you and what especially you've been preaching for all these years, along with good friend of the show, Tug Coker, about giving these guys contracts before their rookie deal is up. So Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk tweeted this yesterday. 2015, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were drafted number one and number two. The teams didn't extend them after five years, and that was that. 2016, the next year, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are drafted number one and number two. Their teams extended them after only three seasons, and now they regret it. And, you know, simply the idiotic, you know, uh, weak, basic, uh, casual fan response to that would be that one uh, in the second class, one team won the Super Bowl, and the other team made it to the Super Bowl. And my argument to that would be one team won the Super Bowl without their quarterback that we're talking about here. So that goes to show you, you literally could let this guy go. And if you put together a team around a veteran backup, you can win the Super Bowl. The, Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl with the Eagles is reason not to extend Carson Wentz. It's not an argument for extending Carson Wentz. And the second one is, oh, the Rams made the Super Bowl, and they lost because their quarterback played poorly and threw one touchdown in the entire playoff run. If, exactly. you, if you have 
a capable veteran quarterback for the Rams there, are, are they Super Bowl champs? Let's not forget that Rams defense held the Patriots to 13 points in the Super Bowl. So let me I have a I have a theory, a hot take, a Joe Prano original that I'm going to pose for you. And I don't even really necessarily have it completely ironed out. But in some sense, do you almost want your young quarterback to underachieve while they're on their rookie contract so that you can potentially sign them without making them the highest paid quarterback in football just because that's what happens. Like Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think is the answer for the bears, right? But if they don't have an answer, isn't it nice that the bears get to sign Mitchell Trubisky for not Carson Wentz, Jared Goff money. I'm not sure that the Giants answer is Daniel Jones, but in a sense, the Giants have not been ready to win a Super Bowl these last two years. So do you want Daniel Jones to be Justin Herbert and you've got to make him the highest paid quarterback when your team's not ready to win and then potentially hamper your ability to become a Super Bowl team because of the contract you gave your quarterback? Well, again, you have five years. Right. But that, all these guys want to get extended. The don't year. extend them. You don't have to. See, see I, I know it's easier said than done, but you don't have to. Like, there's no way your franchise quarterback is going to hold out. And we saw that with both Wentz and Goff. You didn't have to extend them after three years. Right. I, I mean, I, I certainly agree you don't have to extend they did, they them didn't have to years. extend. They didn't have to extend Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they right. did. Right. They could have let him play out. Is, my point is, if you're – the Bears, do you take this opportunity to extend Mitchell Trubisky for less than he might command later on? I mean, he's a bad, I don't think he's the perfect example. Yeah, I was going to say he's not a good example because he's not, Mitchell Trubisky, I don't, but I don't have the faith that he could take them to a Super Bowl. But Bears fans feel like he's figuring it out now. I've heard that and, before. And and the Bears and the Bears program like I'll say this again, go back to my team. I have no idea if Daniel Jones is the future of the New York Giants. I really don't. Sometimes he looks great, sometimes he looks terrible. Off, offensive line is definitely a factor. You know, two coaches in 2 years is definitely a factor. But like if you're going to tell me right now Daniel Jones will extend for 6 million dollars a year, sure, let's do it. I don't know. I mean, that's a tough decision. I, I do want to bring up the Goff thing real quick again, as far as his numbers. I have them in front of me right now. Since he signed that deal after the 2018 season when they went to the Super Bowl, every year since then, this is kind of wild, his yards have decreased, his touchdown passes have increased, his percentage of interceptions per pass has increased. So, so, I mean, that's crazy to think. Since he signed that deal, all his numbers have been worse for consecutive years. It sucks because, like I said, I think the Rams have such a good, solid team around them. And look, if people start to figure McVay out somewhat, I, I think so. I think he's still a good coach. But take someone – I don't even want to take, like, a, somebody who I would consider a good top-ten quarterback. 
and he might be, I don't know. Take a Derek Carr. If you take Derek Carr, I think he's a good example, right, Joe? If you take Derek Carr and you put him on this Rams team, in my opinion, it's not even a question. They win that division and could maybe be playing for a one seed. I agree wholeheartedly. And I agree that, and I, I agree with guys, you know, I think Derek Carr is underrated, but I mean, at this point, I think the Tannehills of the world, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world, the guys who you know exactly what you're going to get from them. And I agree with you. I think people are catching up with McVay a little bit, but at the same time, I think what we've seen with Belichick and Brady is you guys have to be ahead. Like people are always going to catch up with you, but you've got to keep, you got to keep moving. You got to keep out, you know, chess playing them. And I just think in a, in a way, whereas I'm not taking, putting all the blame on Goff, I think sometimes that's, sometimes that's hard to do as a coach when your quarterback can't keep up with you. Jared Goff to me. Jared Goff doesn't know where the sun rises. (laughs) So I don't think he's catching up with like, he's keeping up with like an offensive guru. I think there's training wheels on Jared Goff and there's never not been training wheels on Jared Goff. I totally agree. Did you see when they had the, the the delay of game yesterday? Yeah. Did you, did you hear what Troy Aikman said? No. I thought that was very, a very poignant thing for Troy to say. And you could see he was just disgusted. They have a delay game in the first half. And Troy says, every single time we do a Rams game, they have at least one delay game. And Troy put that on the quarter. He said, like, you're a fifth-year quarterback. Yeah. What, what, are you, what are you doing? It's, it goes back to your point of training wheels because it's true. It's, it's daddy's going to bail me out. And daddy is Sean McVay. Daddy's going to bail me out with a timeout because I can't look at the play clock. He looks scared to me. When on those runs, like they kept showing yesterday and we talked about earlier, when he's got all this green space to get 10, 12 yards for the first down, I know he's not the most mobile guy. He looks scared and timid. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, this is a good transition into another quarterback topic in terms of training wheels is the Dolphins and the training wheels that they have on Tua and – why we're doing this, why, you know, why we're, why is this even a conversation that we're having? The Dolphins are fighting for a playoff spot. They bench their quarterback in the, at the end of the third quarter last game, because he cannot get it going offensively. They bring in a guy. He completely changes the game, wins them that game, essentially single-handedly. And you go back. We can talk about how good of a coach Brian Flores is, but dude, you are embarrassing yourself in the one in the single most important decision on your football team. It's you know embarrassing. What, you know what I think it might be? I think it might be above Flores. Okay. We're, we've uh, got a we've got a David Roberts situation. The GM and the computer say this is our long term best move. Or this is like the new car, right? The owner, he want, he's got a new Ferrari. Two is the new Ferrari. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know if you're only going to drive your Ferrari in first gear, just take the Honda Accord out and, and you know, drop the hammer. I agree. If you're not going to get out of first gear in your Ferrari, my Cadillac will beat you in a race. Yeah. And by the way, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the embodiment of my 1979 
Cadillac with white interior and white wall tires. That guy is a fucking boss. I mean, at this point, I've gone past Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback to Ryan Fitzpatrick is a living legend. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I mean, talk about the dirty sports bump. We started arguing about Ryan Fitzpatrick's qualifications, and he has turned it into a fucking like a a nineteen seventies movie star. He, you know, what he almost he he's the guy in the in the playoffs, baseball playoffs. He's the relief pitcher who comes in. He's gonna remember when Cleveland did that when they made the World Series. Remember when they had all those pitchers? Yep. And Francona would utilize those guys, and you're like, oh shit. They got this stacked three or four guys that are going to come in and just pitch lights out. That's almost fits. And it's crazy to think they're going to keep putting Tua in there to start the game and have three feudal quarters, and then Fitz is going to save them always. And I think, you know, if there's any sort of, you know, uh, reasonable or statistical reasoning for this it's that ryan fitzpatrick is who ryan fitzpatrick is so he throws some 50 50 balls and those are going to get picked off from time to time and you think that your best chance to win as a dolphins team with a good defense is to not turn over the ball and be in a dog fight and whatever but again the the name of the game is win the super bowl and i don't think either of these guys leads this Dolphins team to a Super Bowl, but only one of them gives you a lottery ticket that could potentially win. The other, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a scratcher that might have a jackpot under there. Uh, Tua is a cup of coffee. Like, y- you don't win a million dollars going to the deli and buying a cup of coffee. Yeah. You win it by buying a scratch-off lottery ticket. Sure. I just don't, I just don't know how you... And, and I honestly think... At this point, and obviously I'm one of the world's, and you've sort of forced me into this position, but I'm one of the world's biggest Fitzmagic stands. But I actually do find this kind of offensive. And he seems to be taking it in stride, but like, bro, he threw for 192 yards in three drives. Tua threw for 90 yards in three quarters. He's not ready to be the starting quarterback of an NFL football team. But do you do you think there's something psychologically, I know that sounds crazy, with the team at this point? There's absolutely no way that if you're those receivers or if you're the offensive line or if you're that defense, you're happy that they keep going back to Tua. You're just not. If you're the defense, you're on the field more because you can't move the ball. If you're on the offense, right, if you're one of these receivers, the internet is a funny place because I think as, as ludicrous as a lot of people's takes are, I think it gives you the pulse of the casual fan. And it was like, I don't know. I don't know if it was, you know, the Alabama thing, college football, whatever. But like, there are a lot of people out there who want Tua to succeed. And I have no problem. I don't care one way or the other whether the guy succeeds. I didn't watch college football. I don't, I don't, I have no care in the world about, I hope Tua does. Good for him. Like, no reason for me to dislike the guy. The people who are like, what's he supposed to do? He doesn't have receivers. They can't get separation. He's got no weapons, blah, blah, blah. The All I ever hear when a quarterback isn't living up to their potential is it's always blamed on the weapons. Then you get Ryan Fitzpatrick, journeyman, you know, 
mediocre by everybody, every casual fan standards QBs in there. And suddenly every receiver gets separation and suddenly they're moving the ball. Nobody's business. If you're a receiver or a tight end on that team, you're probably sick of hearing that Tua sucks because you can't get separation. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad take. Of course it's a bad take, especially if, because in the history of the league, great quarterbacks, Good quarterbacks make have made guys better. you have never heard of. Yeah. All exactly. pro players. Exactly. Victor Cruz plays two NFL games if he joins the Dolphins today. That's your example of all the great Peyton Manning guys that he turned around. Well, he I mean, Victor Cruz. Well, I mean, Peyton Manning, the, the thing about Peyton Manning, and I just talked about this the other day, is Peyton Manning had some good receivers, but he made them all timers as opposed to, you know, there's been guys out there, the Rogers, the, you know, Mahomes, even Eli, like Brady, I think Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton, like, I, I don't think people talk about like Brandon Stokely enough, but like, I also just don't, I'm not sure Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison are, you know, anything but above average receivers in the NFL if they don't have Peyton Manning. Yeah, I mean, I mean that exactly. That's kind of my point. Um, I don't know. Like, it's crazy though the whole situation. So he's going to go back and let Tua be the starter for the final week, where they have to win to make the playoffs. And this, he's and he's already talking about maybe I have to go to a reliever in the ninth. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? It's exciting though. I'll tell you, man. These again, I, I can't keep reiterating it enough. The final two weeks of the NFL, especially now with only one buy and an extra playoff spot, the NFL wins, man. They're so smart as far as making it exciting, coming down to the end. These games yesterday, they were wild. I mean, every game, the Chiefs game, the Browns game. The Rams game, I mean, there were so many games that came down to the very end, all with playoff implications. The Steelers-Colts game. What does that Steelers-Colts game tell you about those two football teams? Because Neither of them are doing anything in the playoffs. Wow. Neither. Neither. Done. Andy, I don't know if you want to take your mic out of that mic stand and then drop it, or maybe just knock the mic stand over. Mic knock over. But that was a... I mean, I, I tend to agree with you, um, but I think more so because of the folding of the Colts than of the Steelers coming back. Like, I just, at this point, for the Steelers to, everybody's saying, oh, the Steelers' confidence, the Steelers' riding high after the comeback, all that. To me, it's like... It's more of a Colts meltdown. Right, but also it's more of a, we're sort of forgiving the Steelers' first half, which was abysmal abysmal and it's like if you have that football in you i just i i tend to agree with you i don't think that you have super bowl potential i don't think the steelers go anywhere the colts philip rivers is just i mean this guy he's he just can't get it done when he has to i tweeted it yesterday i'm sure you saw it and we we got one reply of one play and I looked I went back and looked it up and I remember it after refreshing memory. against the Chiefs in Kansas City. Right. He goes down, he scores a touchdown, he gets a two point conversion for the win. Week fifteen. But the the, the serious question is because like that's one of the things where 
we, we have, a, you know, 10 quarterbacks that have been played in the last 15 years where it's like, he's third all time in game winning drives and blah, 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 blah. You know, all these stats that like you compile after playing X amount of years. And the bottom line is like in, in my mind and I watched Phillip rivers, his whole career, there's not a standout Phillip rivers clutch moment. And there's a dozen Phillip rivers unclutch moments. Look, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to back down from that. That's that's that has, that's neither here nor there. No, I know. I'm just going to say that before I say what I'm going to say. I agree, though. Philip doesn't make it count when he needs to. And yesterday yeah. was a prime example. Even before the final drive, when he throws that interception with six minutes to go, what are you doing, dude? You're only down four. You're forcing the ball down the field and throwing a terrible interception. What are you doing? It's a bad play. I think he, I think, you know what I think one of the biggest problems with Philip Rivers is it's, it's not his ability. It's his his decision-making. I I couldn't agree more, but also his decision-making like this, there is a scientific study about clutch and pressure and heart rate. And, you know, when the game's online, all that stuff is real. The idea that each one of these plays to these guys is just the same play. It's not. Philip Rivers stinks in the clutch. That's it. He's, he's got a career of proof. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to bring it back to his nine children. And I think that shows because he doesn't, he doesn't know when to pull out. Like, that's in the clutch. Look, we're all, we've all been there. We've all been in the heat of the moment. I know I have many times. Where you're, you're playing loose because he likes to play loose on the field. You're playing a little loose with a girl. You're raw dogging. Let's just call it what it is. You're debating. Do you want to pull out or do you just want to let it rip? And Philip, just like with his wife on the football field, the man just short, lets it. He just short arms one in there. Yeah, he just lets it rip. <laughs> when you got to pull out and you got to, you got to just, you know, you got to handle, you got to, you, you, you got to pull out, bro. You got to pull I, out. I, I just think that Philip Rivers, you know, we've done the, we've done this Hall of Fame thing with him and his class and Roethlisberger and Eli and all these guys. And where does he stack up all time versus this and this and this? The bottom line is, if you look at Philip Rivers' career and his lack of ability to be clutch, it's almost like, in a way, he really shouldn't have had the opportunity to compile all of these stats. Because first things first, can a quarterback take you to Super Bowl? I do not know that Philip Rivers can because he's had the best teams. Yeah. He's gone 14 and two. He's had LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates. He's had great defenses. He's had it all wrapped up and all he had to do was put a bow on it. And he rent, he leaned down to put a bow on it. He accidentally kicked the gift into the fire. Yeah. Philip Rivers is anti-clutch. And guess what? All of that heightened, all of the all the heart rate and all that stuff in the fourth quarter of a week 15 game, just that more in week 16, just that more in week 17, just that much more in the playoffs, just that much more. He'll I, I'm not sure Philip Rivers' heart could take it if he played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. I know. I mean, how long is this going to go on? That's the question. It's not like he 
like you said, it's not like he hasn't had good teams. He's had good teams. And I know there have been some bad injuries in some of those playoff games, but that's also where the QB just has to step it up. I mean, if you just look at the AFC South, and you look at this coming down to the Titans and the Colts, it's ludicrous that we're saying it, but I truly believe it. I don't know. Maybe you, we'll, we'll see if you agree with me. It seems ludicrous with their resumes. But I trust Ryan Tannehill more than I trust Philip Rivers. I knew you were going to say it, and I agree. I agree. I trust. The, the, Ryan it's Tannehill's a wide receiver turned Dolphins flame out turned backup Titans quarterback. Philip Rivers is a 16-year Hall of Fame bound NFL vet. I trust Ryan Tannehill more than I trust Philip Rivers. I do too. It's crazy to say that. But how many AFC championships has, has Phil Rivers been to? I want to say two. Tannehill's already been to one. Obviously, Tannehill has a great running back in Derrick Henry. Philip had a great running back in Danian Tomlinson. So I feel you. I feel you. By the way, now that we're talking about clutch and not clutch, like Philip, just give the MVP to Aaron Rodgers after last night. I mean, yes. Just give him the MVP. I feel like I was a year late or a year early. And that, that tends to happen. I tend to jump the gun on some of my pre-Nostradamus. <laughs> but last year, I had, I had Chiefs, Packers, Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers MVP. It seems like I was a year early. I mean, we're, we're, it's lining up. I, mean, I don't think it's a given that the Packers make it out of the NFC, but. Looking nice for both those teams and for certainly for Aaron Rodgers' MVP candidacy. Oh, how can you not give it to him? Mahomes has slowed down big time. Yep. Big time. They're just mowing through teams. And I was wrong. Dude, you go back to remember what I said to be in the year? Remember what I said to be in the year? I, I don't. I don't. But I know you were not high on this Packers team. That wasn't high on Aaron anymore. Right. I think it was beginning of the end. Right, and I think it was week one when he threw four touchdowns and I tweeted something, you know, like, I, I mean, the idea, and, I, and I've said this, and, you know, this is, this is not even a shot at you. This is a shot at, at all of the people. It's, it, was, it was absurd for people to do that about Aaron Rodgers. It was absurd. He's yeah, never, I jumped the gun. He's never shown for one second that this was a him. It, all the people tried to spin it. All the people tried to do the stories. All the people tried to do whatever. And honestly, last year was everything that anybody needed. Take the stats out of it. Last year, they get rid of the greatest boob in the history of coaching. And he goes 13-3 and with a guy who had never coached a football game before. You want to hear an amazing stat, which should scare the shit out of every NFC team if the Packers have the number one overall seed. Yes. Fans or no fans, this is where it doesn't matter because of the weather. Aaron Rodgers has played 23 career games at Lambeau Field when the game temperature was 30 degrees or below. So 23 games when it's 30 degrees or below. The Packers are 19-4 and four in those games, but this is what's even crazier, including 13-2 and two against 500 or better teams. So basically, what that stat is saying, 
when it comes to playing a good team, which everyone's good when it comes to the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers does not lose in those cold, snowy games at Lambeau. You saw it last night. He wasn't phased. You saw Ryan Tannehill at his worst game of the year. It is going to be tough. I'm not saying it's impossible. Based on history, Aaron Rodgers plays so well in these conditions, way better than anyone, I'll just argue, ever. And and good luck covering the Devontae Adams-Aaron Rodgers combo in poor footing. Just good luck. Yeah. I know. And honestly, it's what it's all he needs. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers needs one guy open. Um couldn't agree more. And again, I'm not handing them the Super Bowl right now. Like of course not, but I'm just saying th- these numbers line up and we saw it last night that they're so tough to beat because he's so good in the snow. He's so good in those conditions. I mean, that's the thing. If you're playing a home game in Lambeau in the snow, let's talk about who's beating you. Are we, are we going with a Drew Brees-led Saints indoor team in the snow? Like, give, give, give me the Packers in that game. Yeah. Are we going with a Russell Wilson – Away from Seattle, oh, oh we're going to try to play a you know a a fifteen eleven scoragami Seahawks game. Okay, I like it. I like it. If if you're the Seahawks, I like this. Like yeah, let's get in a dogfight and see who can get more safeties in the game. But I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love it if you're a Seahawks fan. The the Bucks. I mean Brady's certainly certainly played a lot in cold weather. Like. Is he the, is he the the one you're most scared of? Hey Jared Goff or uh or a Kyler Murray West West Coast high powered offense team? Bye forever. Don't even show up to those games. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, like, whoever certainly it's not whoever comes out of the NFC East. Yeah. Now, the Chiefs keep doing this, Joe. They keep doing this, and they keep getting lucky. I'm just going to say it. Like, there's, there's a lot of luck involved in these wins. Yesterday, Pro Bowl kicker. Was it Koo? Is that his last name? Yeah. Misses a chip shot. That's a chip shot to send the game yep. into overtime. Now, do I think the Chiefs still win that game in overtime? Yes, I do. I don't think the Chiefs lose at home to the Falcons. But when you get to overtime, anything is possible. My point is they keep doing this. I definitely Now I'm starting to get a little – I'm not worried, but I would be concerned if I was a Chiefs fan that you've now won, I believe, seven one-score games. They're undefeated. Like, not that many teams are undefeated in those one-score games. Yeah, I think you can make an argument both ways here. I think you could argue – that there's a little bit of a Lakers with Shaq feel to this. We don't have to turn it on. It's not the playoffs yet. When push comes to shove in all these games, we get that we march down the field and we get a big score that we need that they're doing just enough that they're not, you know, whatever. And that they're winning all of these games. That being said, the flip side of that is you almost want to lose one of them. 
I couldn't agree more. You know, I was thinking that last night. I was, I was thinking as I was watching the game, I said, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I kind of want to lose this game. Because let's say you lose one of these games. Okay, well, the Chiefs, blah, 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 and in one scored game. Like, I, not only do I think it maybe wakes them up a little bit, but let's, let's just say you're going to ride this the whole time. You don't want that one loss to come. You play these games long enough, you're going to lose one of these games. Agree. You don't want that to come in a game where you don't get to play again after you lose it. Exactly. Now, listen, I think there's a far better chance the Chiefs go into the playoffs and win every single game, including the Super Bowl, by two touchdowns than they do getting, you know, upset by some team early on in some weird one-score game where they kick a field goal at the win at the at the end. But you can't say based on what's happening that it's not possible. Yeah. I think it would have been good for them. I thought that the whole game, it would be good for them to hit that reset button, take a loss, recalibrate as a team, maybe re-motivate them. They didn't. The more they keep winning these games, the more I think they're going to lose in the playoffs because of that. I mean, if you look at, there was a stat that was going around today about Patrick Holmes, um, you know, like sort of his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His, uh, like, God, the, the wording of it. But Jeff Schwartz, who's a big chief stand because his brother's on the team, uh, tweeted it. And it's just like a graph showing him throughout the year. And just, it, it literally goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Like one game to the next, you get great, his efficiency, you get great efficiency out of Mahomes. And then, mediocre efficiency out of Mahomes and the last few weeks it's it's sort of just trended down again I I would lean toward a Shaq Lakers now he comes out and he averages 40 and 20 five blocks for the entire playoffs but listen I I know Andy Reid is Mr. Offensive Guru and he's Mr. you know uh, Patrick, he's the Patrick Mahomes maker and all that. Let's not forget Andy Reid is abysmal throughout his career when it comes to time management and the end of games. And the only thing that has saved that from being still a story is that down the stretch now when they just go, why are you throwing the ball there? It's Patrick Mahomes that's throwing the ball in that situation. He still makes sort of reckless time management decisions, but now he has the quarterback. He finally has the guy. Like I, the idea that through the years, Andy Reid was like, yeah, push comes to shove. Let's just put it in Donovan McNabb's hands and hope for the best. And he's vomiting on himself. Like now you have Mahomes. that can still bite you in the ass. One defensive lineman sticks up their hand and tips the ball at the line. You know, that can still bite you. And I, I, I don't necessarily trust Andy Reid to coach them out of a one score playoff game. I also think we talk about home field advantage. The best part for the chiefs of a home field advantage would be all those screaming fans. You're not going to have those. So where the Packers, in my opinion, would have such a home field advantage because of the snow and the cold. I don't see that from KC in the playoffs because you took the fans out. And you're seeing all these games. The Falcons are a dome team. There's no fans there yesterday. 
Yeah. It's a back and forth game. I, I think it just equalizes the level of the playing field. And, and I think I'm, that's telling too is it was the Falcons. Yeah. I'm talking about, about the Falcons on the road. And I think you're right. I, I, as far as I, I'm not going to be shocked, guys, if the Chiefs roll through everybody and make the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it, the, the sky is falling for Kansas City. I'm saying this much. If they are in a close game in the playoffs, I put my money on them losing because – you just can't keep playing this game. It's going to happen eventually. All I'm saying is you better be up by a couple scores in the fourth quarter. Late in the fourth quarter, the last half of the fourth quarter, they're playing a game of chicken in a way. So I don't know, but you're right. At the end of the day, you got Patrick Mahomes. You got the best player in the game. So I wouldn't stress it. I assume those guys but are going to sit time, this dude, I mean, at the same time, like you said about the NFL being exciting, like the Jets are on a winning streak. <laughs> the Bengals are on a winning streak. Like you talk about any given Sunday, you could, you could say all day, the Chiefs are favored in every football game they're going to play from here on out. They're not going to leave Kansas City again until going to the Super Bowl. Any given Sunday. Are you mad if you're a Jets fan? What are Jets I'm, fans thinking? They've won two am, in a row. I'm furious if I'm a Jets fan. I'm actually, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm furious. Yeah. This isn't even me being a Trevor Lawrence stan or thinking that he's the next coming or hating Darnold. But first of all, Gase sucks. Yeah, he's bad. So every single thing here is now helping Gase, right? He's winning football games after they fire their defensive coordinator. So maybe he was the problem the whole time. Now you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. So if you have Sam Darnold, don't you want to keep him in the same system? The bottom line is anything that keeps Adam Gase coaching in New York is bad for the Jets and bad for Jets fans. So take Trevor Lawrence out of it. Because they're still going to have the second overall pick. They can take basically anybody they want besides Trevor Lawrence. I'm not even like a Darnold hater. But the bottom line is... What does winning two games, how does winning two games help this team? You're not, you don't even get the sense of like somebody asked me yesterday, um, do I want the Giants to lose week 17 and p- potentially be as high as the number three overall pick? Or do I want the Giants to win and potentially get a playoff spot? And I said, at some point, you have to turn around a culture and start feeling like we are a winning franchise again and whether it's in the nfc east and it's a losing record you make the playoffs that's a brick that you can start building something on whereas the like are the jets building anything no by winning two games is this changing a culture the, you know that, what the jets are doing you talk about building and bricks and houses the jets were the homeless guy who had a box and he's added like a monster Costco size box to the box he already had. He's not building anything. He's just, right. he's laying, he's still homeless. He just has a little nicer box home. That's all he's got. I almost feel like, I almost feel like the Jets are a homeless guy. And like these wins were like people giving them, giving that homeless guy like leftovers. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
they're hungry and it's keeping them alive. But like, if they didn't get it, would they be more likely to like go to a homeless shelter, get some help, start figuring something out? Yeah. Like this, does this just extend them being a homeless person on the streets? It does. Like fire Adam Gase, get some help. Yeah. I get a haircut. Get rid of the crazy eyes guy. Stop hanging out with the guy who with crazy eyes, who's clearly a meth. Stop sharing a tent with a meth addict. Get, get yourself out of the situation. Get off the drugs. Go to a homeless shelter. Start turning around your life. Go to Salvation Army. Get yourself an old suit. Start getting job interviews. Joe Prano, motivational speaker. I'm just saying, the Jets, like, to me... Trevor Lawrence is not even a, a part of the factor, not even a factor in my argument why this is bad if you're a Jets fan. And I don't put it on the players at all. And yeah, what do you, you know, play. It's, it's hard to tank and you want to win and you're playing for a contract somewhere else. So, but it's bad. It's bad for the Jets. It's bad for the Jets. The Browns got screwed, by the way. The, the hypocrisy, the double standard of the NFL. All, you know, we saw how it's played out with Denver, with the Ravens, with the Titans. The Ravens just kept getting postponed. The Browns, because of scheduling, and this all boils down to the NFL is trying to wrap up the season within 17 weeks. From all reports that I've seen, the Browns didn't do anything wrong, where some right. of these teams did, and it was a direct result of their mishandling or their carelessness of COVID. From what I've seen, the Browns did nothing wrong, and they're penalized with zero starting receivers or zero receivers from their roster, and they and still have to play. And could potentially cost them the playoff spot entirely. They got wronged here. I agree. And the NFL has had all spring and fall. They've had all this time to add an 18th week. And I don't know if you remember this, Joe. That was a big discussion. There was a big discussion on whether the NFL was going to add an 18th week for this exact push situation. The the, and the, uh, the idea is that they didn't want to push the playoffs and they don't want to push the Super Bowl, right? Exactly. And and therefore you push it, you're getting rid of like a Super Bowl bye week or whatever. I mean, but it isn't doesn't this I hate to say it because you know, you're excited about it, a lot of people are excited about it. Isn't this the exact reason why you don't make the playoffs bigger? The idea that you're going to do that this year, you're going to make the play, you're going to extend the playoffs by one team this year. If you keep two buys, it goes faster, doesn't it? But then the argument can be made: the Browns couldn't make the playoffs because right now they're a seven seed; they wouldn't be in the playoffs. Okay, unless they win that game because they get to have a bye week and True. play with wide receivers. They got screwed. If you're a Browns fan, you got to be pissed. They kept pushing the Ravens game. They pushed the Titans. But it's bullshit. Let me go back to a, a conversation we had before, because this is, I think Baker Mayfield is one of the perfect examples of this. Are you almost excited that Baker Mayfield has never put it together for, you know, a month straight? If you're a Browns fan, is Baker Mayfield the future of the Browns at quarterback? Probably. Isn't it kind of good for you since they clearly weren't winning the Super Bowl this year? That like you maybe get to extend Baker Mayfield at half price? 
I don't know if I'm fully buying into this yet. This is year three of Baker. He showed some major signs of progress the last three games until this game. I don't so know. Next year's year four. You come out. He doesn't play well for a couple weeks, but you still win games because they have a great, a good defense and great running backs. You go three and one, and you go, hey, Baker, what do you say we extend you, but we don't give you as much money as the Vikings' lunacy gave Kirk Cousins? That's the bar we set. We don't give you, th- we give you $22 million a year. Yeah, I don't you, know. Because if you look at the NFC East right now. Oh, God. It's so bad. So bad. Only one team is eliminated, and that's Philadelphia Eagles. And if you look around the division, there's, there's clearly a good defense in Washington and a culture change with Ron Rivera. The Giants have a good defense. There's a culture change with Joe Judge in New York. You have Mike McCarthy, who's a total boob, but Dak Prescott returning next year, or Izzy, I don't know, what's the contract situation, blah, 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 blah. The worst situation in the NFC East going forward is the Eagles clearly have their starting quarterback, and their backup's going to hasn't started his $128 million contract yet. Awful situation. Yeah. It's a bad situation. And I love it. Why, it's why I get up in the morning. Hey, but I get up in the morning. The first thing I, I I shut off my alarm clock and I go, Eagles are paying their backup one hundred and twenty eight million dollars. But according to some sports fans, and particularly some Eagles fans, Carson Wentz going eleven and two and only playing thirteen games led them to that Super Bowl victory. That whether or not that's true doesn't take. matter. It's a terrible what, take. Whether or not that's true doesn't matter. Let's say it's true. How does that help you going forward? Yeah. Who, is there any Eagles fan that wants Carson Wentz to start over Jalen Hurts? Probably some. Oh, yeah, there's some. There's for sure some. But, like, he's clearly been the better option. Well, you know, your point was they're just they're not in a good situation moving forward. Because they're starting quarterback – their clear starting quarterback is on a rookie deal and their clear backup quarterback is somebody that's on a deal that no one is going to want to take off their hands. Exactly. And I'll tell you one position you absolutely don't want to be in. There's, there's, there's the Goff situation where you've paid a quarterback that you shouldn't have. There's a Kirk Cousins situation where you paid a quarterback you shouldn't have. You certainly don't want to be paying two quarterbacks. No, you definitely don't. And not with a team that has, what, four wins right now for the Eagles? Uh, three? Four. 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 Four, nine and, four, nine, and one? Four, ten, and one? They have the same record as the Cincinnati Bengals, whom they tied. Four, ten, and one. Not a good situation. No. Love it. Yeah. Well, it'll be exciting. As, as crap piece the NFC East has been, and now I've got a root for them next week. <laughs> I was going to say, it comes down to the final week of football, and you I mean, will be rooting for them. I, I got to say, you know, I, I'm not, I'm in no way excited about the Giants situation as a, you know, the 2020 New York Giants is, even if they make the playoffs, I don't think, you know, anybody 
is excited about what's happening with them. I think a couple of weeks ago, it was a different story following that win against your Seattle Seahawks, but they've done absolutely nothing since that point. They've lost three consecutive games, but right now in the NFC East, what we have is the Eagles eliminated and in salary cap hell, the giants Cowboys and Washington football team fighting for that playoff spot. The dumpster fire Eagles will have to beat the Washington football team that just <laughs> released its quarterback that just released its starting quarterback. And then the, and if that happens, the winner of the giant, the winner of the giants Cowboys game goes in. If Jalen hurts can't beat the Washington football team who just released their starting quarterback, then the Washington football team without a starting quarterback will go to the playoffs. So talk about a disaster that is the NFC East. Yeah. You kind of lost me for a second there because I was like, what? Yeah. Sounds awful. Well, let me ask you something, Andy, who do you think wins the NFC East and who do you think does, does any NFC East team have a chance to win a playoff game against any possible playoff matchup? No, none. I'm going to give a hard no on that. So I don't even really care who wins, to be honest. Not even if it's, you know, a Washington football team or a New York football giants matched up against your Seattle Seahawks playing, let's play ugly football. Well, that couldn't, like, that couldn't happen in the first round. Oh, because the Seahawks have clinched, Seahawks have clinched the division. Yes. Got it. So it'd be like a Bucks team or a Rams team or something like that. If the playoff started today. It'd be Washington versus Bucks. Wow. So basically, you're going to have – there's a good chance it would be that because the Bucks. I don't know who the Bucks have their final game, but the Rams have to win. You know, it, it basically comes down to the final few spots are going to be up for grabs. Well, the Bucks have clinched a playoff spot. Right, so they're in. So and they're, they're in. in. And they're in against the worst division winner. Correct. Which would be the NFC East. Which is a nice spot for them. Because if the playoffs started today, the Seahawks get the Rams again. Like, that's a tough game, man. Yeah. And the Bears are sitting at number seven. And the Cardinals are just outside that at number eight. That was a huge loss for the Cardinals, man. To me, that, by the way, I want to say real quick, that showed how good Shanahan is, in my opinion. I think the difference between someone like a Shanahan and McVeigh, and I think Shanahan's a better coach than him. He can win games on the road with CJ Beathard. I'm just saying, man. Yeah. That's your third stringer. What is, what's the answer for the, like, I, I feel like the Niners, they play good defense. Now they may, may they may lose their defensive coordinator to a head coaching job this off season. That seems like it may happen. Um, but if not, even if they do, or they don't like as, from an offensive standpoint, they've got to get their offense right and consistent. And it seems like that's just a matter of a quarterback. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, gone, gone, but not forgotten. Uh, you like think he's what, gone for sure? No, I, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just saying like, he doesn't, you, you, you can't, you can't pencil him in for 16 games next year. Yeah. He's not Cal Ripken. That's for sure. No. I, the thing is, I still like them, right? You, you know, we both still like them. Yeah, so, but do we like them, you know, what, what's the answer? I mean, I, I was talking about Matt Ryan to the, to the Niners. There's been a lot of 
you know, making a move for a Dak to the Niners. We still have the free Matthew Stafford campaign. We got to get I like, I feel like it's gotta be our. It's gonna be like the dirty sports podcast. This has gotta be our thing. Like, like breaking Matthew Stafford out of Detroit. Like, how do we do it? Like mission impossible style. Like we dress up in all black, put on eye black. We need like, we need to bust him out. We need to jailbreak Matt Stafford out of Detroit. I mean, that, that thing I posted from the game, <laughs> excuse me, from the game on uh, Saturday, it, it says it all as far as Matthew Stafford's time. He has the most passing yards in NFL history through his first 163 starts. And I hate the, the only goal comes in garbage time. That's such a whack response. Well, well, you know why it's a whack response? Because... This is over, what, 12 years? You know, this isn't over a, a right. small amount of time. This is over, like, a 12-year yeah. career. Yeah. Facts, people. Hey, if you want to come at me with a garbage – if you want to come at me with a significant number of garbage time stats that Matthew Stafford has racked up, come at me. But you ain't going to do it. But also, even the garbage time – like, what is that, that – that tells you a couple of things. First of all – He's playing all the games. Second of all, the th- through multiple head coaches, every single one of them has said Matthew Stafford is not the problem. We lose a bunch of games. We're not in. The, we're, you know, we're not at. We're out of these games. They're not trying other options. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks that don't get garbage time stats because they're like, uh, the, our quarterback threw us out of this game. Multiple head coaches have been like, Matthew Stafford is not the issue with the Detroit Lions. If he doesn't get moved, I don't think Matthew Stafford will continue playing NFL that much longer. Can you imagine if he did? If he was like the, le- the latest to be like, guys, if you don't move me, I'm just retiring from football. Like, why would he? Why wouldn't he? Yeah, so right? I'm saying like, like yeah. yeah, well, yeah, why wouldn't he retire? If, if, if he's not moved by the end of next year. By the end of next year, it's going to be by the end of, like, move him this offseason. Like, if I'm Matthew Stafford, look, what are we doing here? I agree. The... the Packers have Aaron Rodgers and are the Packers. The Vikings are going to like, I mean, unless the Vikings are essentially doing a reverse lions, they have to move on from Kirk cousins and, and immediately get better. The bears. I mean, you like the Detroit is not becoming a contender in that division anytime soon. Honestly, I think, I think you've got like, why wouldn't you, if you're Detroit, why wouldn't you get value from Matt Stafford? Yeah. I agree. You got to get rid of him. You got to get rid of him. Get like, start rebuilding from somewhere because you're just going, you're essentially what you're going to do is you're not going to get value for him when you can. And eventually he's going to retire on you and then you'll have lost him for nothing. Yeah. That's where that's where good players go to die, man. It's Detroit. unbelievable. It really is, dude. If he became the third person to retire in their prime, it's just it's a culture thing. I mean, the you know the flip side of that is let's be honest. Uh, most of Megatron's yards were in garbage time. Barry Sanders just running out the clock in a lot of games. None of those stats. I mean, come on. That by the way, that's what you, that's what you guys sound like. That's what you guys sound like. Everybody was a Megatron's the best receiver in football. No one ever said, all his, all his yards come in garbage time. 12, 12 years of garbage time stats. Think about, think about that. Yeah. 
And by the way, it's so easy. All all you have to do, it it takes you three seconds. Like follow the garbage time tweet thing. If it's not in their profile, it's it's in one of their first retweets of a Packers score, a Bears score, or a Viking score. But but that, I, but I, Pat, Vikings and Bears fans, you got your own problems. Yeah, I don't know why you'd be defensive of that. By the way, I, honestly, I don't know. if if you're a Vikings fan or a Bears fan, you should be slurping Matt Stafford in hopes that somehow you get him. I don't. I'm looking at the tweet that I posted. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but somebody wrote underneath our tweet. He's only had 11 games in his entire career of somebody rushing for 100 yards in a game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. If true, wow. Yeah, big if true. Oh, you want to hear another shitty, shitty response? <laughs> now that we're on this, stop saying free player name when they willingly signed a contract extension. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I love that too. Yeah. People think when you sign a contract... By the like, way, Matthew Stafford should have... like held out by the way holding out in the nfl is always met with positive fan reaction nothing gets fans on your side like holding out that guy would definitely be saying matthew stafford right to hold out and not play but you can apply that for anything in life right that's where i come in it's like you started a job at this salary or at this hourly rate you're never allowed to renegotiate. You started the job at this much an hour. But the, 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 the argument is Matthew Stafford believed stupidly that the Detroit Lions had a chance to turn it around. So he signed an extension with the Lions, hoping that they would one day figure it out. And now that it has been proven that they won't figure it out, we're not allowed to say free Matt Stafford. Free fucking Matt Stafford. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Can I play this J.J. Watt clip? Yes. We got to play a J.J. Watt clip. This is uh, after they gave up 37 points to... Who started Who started for the Bengals yesterday? Was it Finley? No, it was... Uh, it wasn't, I didn't watch one second of that football game. I didn't either. Not one single second. Me either. Me either. Not I, even, I, don't think, I don't think any of the broadcasts that I was watching... I watched every other football game. I don't think any of the broadcasts I was watching showed a highlight from that football game. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't watch one second either. And it was your local game. Well, I had two local games. So I had that, and I also had the Pittsburgh Colts. Which one you think I chose? Definitely not the Bungles. All right, I got to play this J.J. Watt clip of him going off in the press conference after yesterday's loss. Where professional athletes getting paid a whole lot of money. If you can't come in and put work in in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do, you should not be here. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of shit. And they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16 and we're 4 and 11. And there's fans that watch this game, that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this so if you can't go out there and you can't work out you can't show up on time you can't practice you can't want to go out there and win you shouldn't be here because this is a privilege it's the greatest job in the world you get to go out and play a game 
And if you can't care enough, even in week 17, even when you're trash, when you're four and 11, if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's bullshit. So that's how I just, I think it's, that's, there are people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, Hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to, we stink, but they care and they still want to win and they still want you to be great. That's why those people aren't getting paid. We're getting paid handsomely. That's why. And that's, that's who I feel the most bad for is our fans and the people who care so deeply in this city and the people who love it and who truly want it to be great. And it's not. And that sucks as a player to know that we're not giving them what they deserve. Brought to you by Subway. I think that the Houston Texans and J.J. Watt playing for them and him being the spokesperson to kind of call out his teammates is very fitting that he also is the spokesperson for Subway. A (laughs) terrible, terrible sandwich shop that makes awful, arguably the worst sandwiches of any chain in the United States. I'll go as far as the world. Very fitting. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, and, and the world, we got we got a reply to our tweet that in other countries, they won't recognize Subway bread as bread. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, because it's like too sweet. It's like a pastry. And then I think that there's some place where they found like yoga mat rubber in the bread. Oh. Um, listen, I am far from a J.J. Watt stan. I've been pretty critical of J.J. Watt and like – the not being able to stay on the field while simultaneously being an Instagram influencer who is trying to, I don't know, sell tractor trailer tires or something like that to people. Um, but you, you got to give props where you got to give credit where credit's due, like pretty good take. Um, he definitely cares. He definitely tries really hard. He's definitely, you know, spilled some blood for the Texans and, you know, he's calling out the guys on his team. And, and when you're four and 11, I think sometimes that you, you talk about new coach coming in next year, all that stuff. You need a culture change. Uh, you know, he's planting his flag and you know, I'm, I'm going to still be here and uh, I'm going to change the culture starting today. I'm, I'm in favor of this JJ Watt Ted talk. Do you think his teammates like or dislike him? Um, I mean, I think, I think that the guys who matter on that team probably like JJ Watt. Yeah. I think there's, you know, the guys he just called out probably don't like him. Sure. And they probably know who they are. I think when it, when it, when it, when all is said and done, does any single player on the Texans besides JJ Watt or Deshaun Watson's opinion matter? Does one other guys on that team opinion matter? Not really. I'll tell you this much. I think JJ Watt needs to get high with me though. <laughs> He's a mellow out a little. You think that's you think that's JJ Watt's problem? He's too high strong. <laughs> Look, dude, I'm I'm all for intensity and being high strong. I'm all for people having the motivation, but JJ Watt needs some edibles and to watch the bachelorette with you? Is that what you're saying? God, I was baked. <laughs> so baked. 
we should have a th- that's actually a really good uh premise for like a hard knocks hard knocks with the houston texans next year instead of cuts jj watt decides whether or not you're you have enough intensity to be a member of the houston texans and he gives out roses it's it's like guys don't if the guys don't get a rose they get cut by the way i'm big into people who are all about the intensity like i love david goggins but he also makes me laugh you don't follow him but i love him ever since i heard him on rogan's show and i read his book and his instagram and twitter are so intense but they're also funny if that makes sense yeah unintentionally and it can motivate me at the same time where I'm also like, yo, dude, also smoke a joint, man. Chill out, bro. Like, you can be intense because I think I'm intense. Um, I've been told I, that. I, mean, I, I, have, I have a bit about that, about like, you know, The Rock posting Instagram videos have been working out at like 5 a.m. When I see that, it doesn't make me want to work out at 5 a.m. It wants me, it makes me want to like tell The Rock, like, Rock, take a day off, man. Relax. No, yeah. Like, you don't have to get up at 5 a.m. every day. So that's why way, I have 41 and a full head of hair and you're entirely bald. It's like some rest is good for you too, Rock. Look, I, I, I get inspired though too. I, I'm weird. At the same time, I also make jokes about it. Like I'll be inspired by that shit. Don't get me wrong. Like somebody like The Rock to me is inspiring. You're like, wow, this guy's a badass. JJ Watt's a badass. But also you can do both, right? I don't know. Maybe right. you can't. Can you not? Like, can you not? Run 30 miles and then smoke a joint later that week? I don't know. Maybe you can't. I'm sure that you can. I mean, there's the NFL is full of guys who are, so you know, smoking joints and killing the game. You know what I learned? Speaking of smoking joints, and, and give a shout-out to uh, Travis Kelsey, who now set the all-time single-season receiving record for yards for a tight end. He was suspended. He went to University of Cincinnati. Both him and his brother did. And I knew they were Ohio guys. He, I didn't know this. I looked at his Wikipedia after he broke that. I was curious. He was suspended a full season during his college days at University of Cincinnati for testing positive for weed, which is crazy. I think they suspended him for a whole season, like early on in his career. Yeah. But look, look at him. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not surprised that Travis Kelsey likes weed. Look how good the man is doing. Yeah. The moral of the story is this, guys. I'm going to get really baked after the show and then I'm going to go swim in the pool for an hour and do great exercise. I mean, is there, it's so great to stone swim, isn't it? I've actually never done it. I've oh, heard. Andy, you're going to love it. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard things. I've heard it's good. Well, Joe, we've been, we, uh, we've gone on a lot for NFL, which I think is great discussions. We're both excited for next season. But we got a few other things we got to get to before the show is over. And before we do that, I want to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by our friends at ButcherBox, which I absolutely love. And I am looking forward to my New Year's resolution, which we're talking about intensity and getting in shape. And, and, and I'm, I'm the, I started early, Joe. I'm not waiting. That was my goal this year. I'm like, I'm not starting my New Year's resolution January 1st. I'm starting it halfway through December, which I've started. And part of it is eating better and eating some high quality meat, which ButcherBox is. I love their meat. And I also want to start eating more fish, which ButcherBox is going to take care of. Because right now, if you go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty, you get two pounds of absolute, two pounds of salmon, I should say 
absolutely I love salmon. Absolutely free with your first box. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Dirtballs, all the meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has nine to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individuals. It's freshly packed and shipped from frozen and vacuum sealed, so it stays that way. You can customize your boxes. Again, can't reiterate this enough. I'm starting with more fish this year, Prano. The salmon's going to come into play. I love mixing it with my veggies, with my salads. So right now, you get two pounds of salmon absolutely free with your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Okay. NBA or Major League Baseball, what do you want to do? Let's, let's do NBA, and then we can wrap up with the, the breaking Major League Baseball news. Okay. So, the Clippers set a record yesterday. They were losing by 50 points. 50 points at halftime. No Kawhi. Pandemic P. Pandemic Paul was in rare form. I don't want to put it all on him, but hey. 50-point halftime deficit. Was that the largest in NBA history, I believe? Yes. And, uh, I mean, like you said, no Kawhi. But that's – I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like, I think that the – I think that the Clippers in the past have had a coaching problem. And I don't think that they have solved their coaching, coaching problem. problem. I don't care if your best player's out. You're down by fit. I mean, the New York Knicks beat, blew out the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. Yeah. Like, I understand that anything can happen, but the Clippers team without Kawhi is significantly better than a Knicks team, is significantly better than a Hornets team that beat the Nets yesterday. Like, you got to compete. Yeah. They didn't compete? No. I just don't know how you do that. That's a, that's a, that, again, we're, we're coming back to that's a culture problem, which starts from the top, the coaching. How do you, how are you down 50 points? Because <laughs> they, they, they simultaneously didn't stop them at all. They were down 77 27. They couldn't score and they couldn't stop them. I mean, that's 13 and a half points a quarter. I mean, dude, that's a, that's a, that's a girl's high school game. I will say when he plays bad or dude, Paul George just gets dunked on, on Twitter. Yeah. Like NBA and black Twitter (laughs) comes out in full force to just roast him. And look, I think Paul George is he gets he gets roasted because he has the contract of a high profile guy, he's got the attitude of a high profile guy, he's got the sneakers of a high profile guy. But what is he? You know? To me it's like he's Carmelo Anthony, you know? I mean, that's well, he was better when he was under the radar more under exactly. those first few years and, of the Pacers. And, and obviously, he's a way better defender than Car- Carmelo Anthony. But my point is, very early on in Carmelo Anthony's career, 
it was clear, especially after he moved to the Knicks. It was very clear that Carmelo Anthony ain't carrying your team. But yet people continue to look at him like he is. And then you just become you just become bait for oh, people who want to attack you. Yeah, it's like the actor who can't carry a movie. I, you see this all the time in Hollywood. Which, by the way, I don't know if you have HBO Max, but if you want to watch the worst. Like, if you think Wonder Woman was unfairly criticized on the internet, if you think the internet just did internet things, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, it didn't make sense. Joe, I'm going to give you something, and I'm going to give all the dirtball something. I didn't watch Wonder Woman 1. I'm not going to watch Wonder Woman 2. I don't watch any of the Marvel movies. Hey, if you do, cool. That's cool. Not my thing. I barely watch any of the Marvel movies. I've seen... I've. I've, I've seen, seen all the Iron Mans. I like that. I'll, I've seen a lot of them. Um, but like the characters I don't care about, I don't go in on. I think I saw all the Avengers now at this point, except for maybe one of them. I definitely watched the last one. I didn't watch Wonder Woman. I wouldn't have watched this one. My girlfriend, all into it. It's on HBO Max. It's free. Let's just watch it. I put it three minutes in. I was like, this is the single worst movie I've ever seen. I mean, it might be the single worst. Movie. I watched The Room. You know what I mean? Like it was... Like, I also, it's a lot of it. Like, the whole movie was about making wishes. Like, was this Aladdin? Yeah. Kristen Wiig is a cat at one point. Like, you're like, what? Now, you're probably going, like, what are you talking about? How's Kristen Wiig a cat? <laughs> yeah, Kristen Wiig becomes a character from the movie Cats. She goes full Broadway cats. Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking about. It's unbelievable. You, ha- you should almost watch it the way. You watch The Room. Like, eventually, one day, they should make a James Franco, Seth Rogen comedy about the making of Wonder Woman 2. These movies are such shit now. They are. They're, they're, they're trash. I'll, I'll argue anybody. And the studios know they're trash. They know it. It's just about, it's a money grab. I'm going to go ahead and say the Star Wars is jumping in that same boat. I'm about to agree with you. It, it 100% is. And I'm a Star Wars guy. The, the last few Star Wars that they've been trash. If you if you look at the first three Star Wars and the next three and the last three, the last three are by far the worst. It's trash. It's shit. We I, watched the we watched the season finale of the Mandalorian. There's a little, nice little fun moment. We already talked about it, but like, wasn't enough to save anything. Look, I, look, Mandalorian. It's not the best. It's not the worst for me personally. I don't know. Like, I I just can't. I don't know. I, I'd rather like I'm more of something of substance or if I'm going to watch trash, I, I'm going to watch something that I know is trash and laugh like the Mike Tyson, Steven Seagal movie. My brother paid three ninety nine to rent, which we learned midway through is no lie. A Chinese propagandist film. It was made all finance in China and throughout the whole movie, they're waving the Chinese communist flag, which I could not stop laughing saying you supported communist China by buying this. It's a, it's like a propaganda piece. You would see the Nazis did during the thirties and forties, but for China now, it, it was so ridiculous and so funny at the same time. Seems like a great way to segue back into the NBA. No, oh, there you go, Joe. It's a, that's a great transition. Are we talking about speaking of, People have been accused of being Chinese communist pawns. Are, are we touching on our our former guest and the drama that surrounds 
Black Sports Online, LeBron, Bronny James, Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. Like, talk about a wild soap opera. With Robert Latow? Yeah. Have we is there has there been updates? Because you were sending me like uh you were sending me updates on like the mentions under his tweets. Oh my god. LeBron James, you know, going and LeBron's wife. LeBron's wife. And then LeBron what clipped part of it, or did she add his thing? No, LeBron is Bronny's putting up Instagrams of just a like a mouse, like like Getty images, pictures of like a computer mouse. And then Pippin's ex-wife, what's her name? Larsa, Larissa, whatever it is. Sure. This guy Pippin's ex-wife. She's tweeted that she's threatening to sue Robert Latow for Black Sports Online. And then and then he posted later in the day, and the all the tweets were like, rip you forever. <laughs> like he took down the tweet. I don't know if he took down LeBron. the story connecting LeBron's son, Bronny, to Larissa Pippen. And I don't know, but it, it who knows? The, the funniest part was people just kept saying, he's just going to tweet through it. I'm like, that's what he does. Like people were shocked saying, he's just going to keep tweeting through like this didn't happen. Like that LeBron didn't call him out and LeBron's wife. He's just going to keep tweeting through the NFL games and whatever other stories. And I thought Andy, that was so can, funny. Can, can we just, can we just do this for, for the comedy of it? I want you, Andy Ruther, Midwest white guy. Just give me the Cliff's notes, shortest version possible that you can of the Black Sports Online, Scotty Pippen's wife, LeBron James' son, drama, start to finish. What happened for our listeners? Go. So apparently, according to a few other outlets, which Black Sports Online got his info from, Bronny had exchanged DMs with Scotty's ex-wife. The Bronny claims he just liked a couple photos of his friend's mom. Now, again, as we know, you can't keep up with Scotty's ex-wife because she's always around NBA players. Up, I think upgrading to Malik Beasley younger right now? And younger, younger and younger basketball players. Yeah. Because Scotty's 55? Like, how old is Scotty Pippen? Scotty Pippen's got to be 55. Yeah. And now she's dating like a 20-something NBA player. And basically what... Larsa Pippen, sorry. What no, Robert Latow was essentially hinting at was that she was upgrading once again to now a 17-year-old up-and-coming basketball star. He's 16. 16. Well, here's the headline from the New York Post from two hours ago. LeBron James' wife furious over strange Bronny Larsa Pippen story. Oh yeah, he's see. Here's the thing about Robert Latow. He's smart though. I mean, look at this. He's getting nonstop coverage. Black Sports Online claimed that the high school hoop star slid into the DMs of Larsa Pippen, the reality TV personality and strange wife of Bulls great Scotty Pippen. The whole story, which appears to have been since taken down, was harshly criticized by Savannah James. That's LeBron's wife. Larsa Pippen is 46. Savannah James. Savannah James. <laughs> Who criticized it? Savannah James. Larsa Pippen. I was looking at her tweet last night. She tweeted at. She tweeted at uh, Robert Latow, who then blocked her. I'll sue the fuck out of you for writing some disgusting lies, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. 
The whole thing is so ridiculous. But here's the best part. What's the Le Robert? What is the Robert Latal headline of this whole thing going to be? <laughs> You're, okay, I'm actually good at these, aren't I? Yeah, you're pretty good um, at these. Okay, the headline of this would be something like prominent online. No, prominent because he would give himself some cred, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Prominent black online sports media mogul gets called out <laughs> by six-time NBA champ greats ex-wife Oh, I, I, it's tough to do on the spot because once I write it out, it's easier yeah. to see. But we have in parentheses. Black some. media mogul called out by two NBA greats' wives. One also the mother of an up-and-coming NBA great for Instagram story, Instagram DM story, pics, vids, and loss and lawsuit. Like when, when black sports, like the world is going to end, like it's going to open up. It's going to be like the crossing the streams and ghostbusters when there's a black sports online story that links to pictures from a lawsuit against black sports online. You want to hear the best part about all this? So Larsa Pippen tweets that she's going to sue him. And then she follows it up with a tweet like an hour later. My ex and all my guy friends date younger women, and that's okay, right? So in a way, she's almost like saying, hey, I'm going to sue you. I'm not going after a 16-year-old. But then she's saying, but all the guys but if I did. <laughs> Dude, she gets so much attention on Twitter, and especially black Twitter. I mean, you see her all over. Yeah. Poor Scott. He's got to deal with all this bullshit. Yeah. Scotty didn't know. Like, he's just dealing with some bullshit. Scotty doesn't know that his wife's on the internet DMing with Bronny James. Well, you would argue, allegedly, for the record, you would argue... It's just, just blowing through a solid, solid Euro trip reference. Just, just crashing right through. Just not even stopping. Not the, even paying the toll. The movie Euro Trip? Yeah, you remember that? Scotty doesn't know? That's right. Come on, Ruther. Okay, you talked about is it better for your quarterback to kind of falter a little on that rookie deal? I'd argue it is it better to marry young like is it not better to marry? Is it better to settle with somebody who's like not she's like the hometown girl when you're starting to blow up versus you go I after I mean the, this is the passing with homes, right? Patrick yeah. Holmes, half a Billy still gets engaged to that to Kermit, screaming Kermit meme. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? This is this has got to be if just Patrick great. Mahomes' wife is is screaming on the screaming in the owner's box of Arrowhead Stadium. But no fans are there to hear it. Did it actually happen? This is question. the new tree falling in the woods. Great question. Just all the just alone in an empty owner's box. Ah! Oh, I'd be so annoyed. I'd be so annoyed. 
Because to me, the equivalent was that parent in high school that doesn't shut we need up. A family, we need a family feud. We need Mahomes family against the Pippin family. We need Mahomes, his screaming wife, his crazy brother, his former uh, Major League father, and his mother versus... You know his mom's like a MAGA chick too, right? Yeah. Versus Scottie Pippen. Scotty Pippen's first wife, Scotty Pippen's younger ex-wife, the young basketball player that his ex-wife is now dating, and of course, LeBron James' son. <laughs> this would be a good family feud. It would be. Steve Harvey would just be like losing his mind. I was gonna say Steve Harvey would fucking Ma, love me? It. Ma, me. <laughs> All right, Jackson Mahomes. Another word for mother. Ma, me? Have you seen that clip? It's so good. It goes on for like five minutes. Let's finish with some baseball news. Let's do it. Big trade. Big, big trade. We didn't even get to the free Blake Snell portion of his career, but the Rays did it for him. Well, they went to the World Series. Obviously, his last game was with them. As, I'm sorry, like as far as his last game with them, he pitched a great game. He shouldn't have been pulled early. Pulled early, right. I think this is actually a great deal for both sides. It's hard to criticize the Tampa Bay Rays who have been to, they haven't won, but have been to multiple World Series with this strategy. Uh, great farm system, bring guys up, move them for pieces, get great pieces in return, build those guys up. They're, you know, small, small market team. This is what they do. Uh, they're getting value when they can. For Blake Snell, he signed a three-year, $39 million deal. He pitched fantastic in the playoffs. The Padres are trying to win now. They go out and they get a guy who can help them win now. Uh, arguably, you know, they could have gone with a more patient Tampa Bay Rays strategy, kept the guys that the Rays went out and got from them in hopes of being good three, four years down the road, maybe making a thing. But they see an opportunity now. They have Machado. Tatis is arguably, you know, one of the best players in all of baseball. They want to compete now. They go out and they get a stud pitcher. I kind of like it from both sides. You can't really, again, argue with the Tampa Bay Rays. I think the only question mark here would be, um, do, do the, did the Padres try to go too big too soon? Um, but, you know, if you're a Padres fan, you got to like – the effort well the the big piece of this trade for the Rays is Luis Patino who Patino Patino who you and I both interviewed in Amarillo at Hodgetown yep he was great we hung out with him in the in the dugout we we uh I gave him, him shit I gave him shit remember yeah a little shit. I, it's on YouTube. So, so he's the new stud pitcher that they have because he's been. He's from Colombia. He's been with his girl since he was like fourteen, and I'm like, bro, right, right. Remember me? I'm like, come on, man. You gotta get on Tinder. You gotta. Yeah. Now Bumble. the question is, Luis Patino was about to be brought up, you know, in the next couple of years to wear the brown to play in beautiful San Diego, Machado, Tatis, Patino. 
that you know great taco shops the beach the whatever andy ruther interviews him and now he's going to the trop a used car lot where they also play baseball games in tampa bay i see what you're doing here i'm not saying the ruther curse is real i'm just saying did you ruin this guy's life (laughs) by speaking with him one time with a giant cowboy hat (laughs) Yeah, my, might the, I little, add, the little text curse might be more powerful than the Andy Ruther curse. Might I add, I interviewed him wearing a giant, stupid ass hat. Which I'm going to take way. your life down to shithead row. <laughs> I'm going to ruin it and I'm ruining it some more. I'm sorry, Louise. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I just thought we were having fun in the dugout before the game. I didn't know I'd be sending you to Tampa Bay where people go to die. Uh, I like it for both teams, but look, you got you to be accept- – like, it seems like the Rays know what the Rays are doing in terms of, like, the Rays probably don't compete next year, I, I think, but they set themselves up to compete again very soon, and uh, the, the Padres are going for it, and I, and I like it. You know I'm, you know I'm a low-key Padres fan. Hey, we got a call. I'll play this real quick. Let's do it. Because you don't hear from any Tampa Bay fans. I got a call from a Rays fan. Great. A drunk, disgruntled Rays fan. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Joe and Andy. Um, This is uh, Lucas from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I just wanted to ask, what the fuck are the Rays doing? Trading Blake Snell to the Padres. Like, I know the Padres are going to get way better because of it, but I I don't know. And I know Andy definitely knows this feeling. Why does it seem like the owner is basically throwing away the team? It's awful. Um, I used to live in Tampa, so there's that. Also, I'm like, Half drunk, half hungover. I don't know. It, it's six thirty in the morning. I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on this. So, uh, yeah, uh, condoms are for the Yankees. Poor guy. The worst feeling. Six thirty in the morning. You wake up. You can't figure out if you're drunk still or starting to be hungover. You just want to go back to bed, but you can't because your baseball team is playing the small market game. Hey. I do relate, by the way. If you follow what the Reds are doing, like everyone's on the trading block for the Reds, which I, including Sonny Gray, which I don't understand because he's on a bargain deal for two more years. Yeah. But look, the reason the reasoning would be he's on a bargain deal so you could get great value for him now. I mean, there is a, you know, baseball more so than a lot of sports because you, you're never just one player away. Mike Trout is proof of that. Mike Trout's the LeBron James of baseball. Barry Bonds was the LeBron, the Michael Jordan of baseball. Uh, you, you don't just get one of those guys and become sure thing going to the World Series every year. Um, so you really got to build around something. And when you're playing that small market game, hey, listen, I've been there, guys. I've been... I. We, we were, my New York Mets were a big market team with a small market attitude, a bunch of dickheads in charge. 
and always trying to weigh, try to find a way to cut corners and, you know, uh, 99 cent store shop. And it's totally different attitude now. Now I'm just like, if we don't sign Springer and Bauer in the next week, we're going to storm, you know, Steve Cohen's house. So I get it. Um, the thing with the Rays, as opposed to the Reds, is the Rays have shown the ability to do this, to keep, you know, turning, you know, taking value properties and exchanging them for great pieces and those great pieces coming up and then they're doing it again. I mean, I don't think there's any Rays fan that's sitting out there going like, I can't believe we still don't have Evan Longoria. Like it worked out. You know what I mean? Um, that being said, if you're a Reds fan, they've shown absolutely no ability to trade value for, you know, prospects and turn that into anything. Thanks for reminding me. Need I'm just that. saying. No, you're neither, right. Look, neither of the Mets. Neither of the Mets. That's why at this point it's like, hey, yeah, I've been, he, I, I've been, I've been screaming for a baseball salary cap for all these years. But if you guys aren't going to do it, then fine. Can't beat them. Join them. Let's spend more, all the money. Yeah, well, that's Give never going to be an option for me. Right, right, and it's not going to be an town. option in Tampa Bay, and it's not going to so. be an option in Oakland, and it sucks, and that's why there should be a salary cap in baseball. But what are you going to do? Yeah, it does suck. It truly sucks. I haven't heard much. Are they, by the way, are they starting spring training on time? I haven't heard anything. I have no idea, honestly. That's right around the corner. Yeah, I'm so on the, they haven't even started free agency on time. I mean, no one's being signed. This whole year has just thrown everything off. Well, this is a headline from... 12 days ago, Major League Baseball says, expect spring training 2021 to begin on time. Okay. There you have it. No fans, though, I'm sure, which sucks. Uh, What a shit year. I tell you what. At least we had the Brawny James. Larsa Pippen, Black Sports Online Beef. That was the comedy we all needed. It truly was. Guys, if you have a call, we'll play them next Thursday, or this Thursday, I should say. 310-359-8365. Drop a line, and we'll play it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Rate, review on iTunes. Leave those Twitter or Instagram handles, and I will send you koozies in the mail. It's that easy. You can follow me on uh, Twitter if you want. If not, yeah, whatever. It's cool. Guys, I'm on Cameo. I got a number of people uh, buying Christmas cameos for their friends and family. And uh, I liked, I, I really enjoyed doing those. Uh, so if you guys want a New Year's cameo or something, get on there. I'm on Twitter and uh, I'm on Twitter at Fix Your Life, Instagram, TikTok, Venmo at Joe Prano. Just do all the things. Yeah. Buy all the things that Dirty Sports pushes. Drink some Miller Lights. Send us some pictures of it. Follow us. Share our stuff. Subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. Set your notifications on YouTube so that when we have episodes like this, they get broken into two parts. So you don't miss the second part. And uh, that's it for me. Cool. We're almost towards the end, guys. Just a few more days. Our last episode of Dirty Sports will also be the last day of 2020. Thank God. 
Have a great. Are you, are you uh, before you sign off? Are you like do you do you do you believe at all in like the like the twenty? Do you believe at all in like twenty twenty one? Because I feel like it was just yesterday that everybody was like twenty nineteen sucks, and then now everybody's like twenty twenty, the year of the devil. Do you think anything changes from twelve thirty one twenty to one one twenty one? Uh, I don't know, man. I like I'm not I'm not expecting drastic changes. Uh, I haven't really thought about it to be honest. To steal one from Pizza Starro, everybody's gonna wake up and it's gonna be like 2020 is over. We are free of 2020. Also, your rent is due. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. I don't know. Like for like for me personally, no. I just gotta you know keep moving along. As far as the world, like I think I can change things personally, maybe. As far as the world, ugh, good luck. We're we're a long way from this kind of current situation ending, in my opinion. We need the Andy Ruther curse, the reverse. We need the reverse curse action. Like I need you to disavow twenty twenty one in advance. I just said we're a long way from this ending. Yeah, twenty twenty one is shit. It's gonna be garbage. <laughs> we need like an Andy Ruther. We need like a fax only on twenty twenty one. It's gonna be garbage so we can all wake up the next day like a movie man yeah i watched it's a wonderful life last week by the way oh how was that i haven't watched that in forever i hadn't watched it in forever it was good man they, bedford they, falls yeah they want to put the color one on and i said no, no 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 i watched it for a minute like by default amazon wants to show you the you know the updated colored version i said no this is black and white this is how it was meant to be i'm not doing the colored stuff Where's Bedford Falls, by the way? Nowhere, but uh, it looks, it looks like New York. Yeah, it's a made up. It's a made up location. But where I'm from, Katona is in the town of Bedford. My mom now lives in Bedford Hills, so it was always funny. It was they call it Bedford Falls. What's, like, hey. what's yeah, exactly. What's the town West Point's in? Uh, West Point is in. I don't know. I mean, that's that's up that way, but isn't it? Isn't that West Point still? No, there's just a town. That's why I was saying. I thought it was by Bedford. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 certainly close to Bedford. That's I mean, West Point's not that far. Yeah. From, yeah. I mean, it says it's in West Point, New York. Interesting. But it, it's it's not very far from where I'm from. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Have a great few days. We'll see you on December 31st. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>